The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. You've been brooding behind that flute all evening. I'm not brooding. I'm immersed in my music. Music? <laughs> I find that it helps me to think. But the real surprise is, I enjoy it so much. Now, the real surprise is that you may actually be improving. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, December 27th, 2018. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. Well, I hope you had a great Christmas. As our holiday 2018-2019 shows, this week and next week's broadcasts of Just Right will be about as different as anything we've ever aired. Our subject? Music. But I won't just be talking about music. Today I'll be taking the next step. Yes, I will be performing a hands-on musical demonstration on my own personal keyboard. And behind that keyboard, there is a story I have to share before getting underway. How's that for a scary proposition? All that after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, subscribe to Just Right on iTunes, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave, visit us at www.justrightmedia.org, where you can access all of Just Right's social media links, and of course, all of our past broadcasts. If you've ever had any doubts about Ayn Rand's observations on music, that philosophically it falls into the category of aesthetics and that therefore the primary reaction is an emotional one, just ask young children. That's exactly what I did a couple of days before Christmas when my six-year-old twin grandkids spent a sleepover at Grandpa's. So you guys were you guys were talking about music earlier, remember? Yes. yes what do you like about music? Um, that it sounds so handsome and beautiful. Handsome and beautiful. That's interesting. So let your voice come true. If you want, make one too, and just grab one of these and buy them if you want to. And what do you like best about music? And what I like because it's so awesome. It's so cool. It's cool. If you listen to music, it's so cool. So remember, I like that. It's so such a cool and awesome. It's cool and awesome. Music is so 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 cool and awesome. Cool. Can I have a drummer or a piano? You want a drummer or a piano? Yeah. Hmm, that's a tough order. Yeah. Do you Let's have see a what drum? we can do. do you okay. Have a Let's go so check can out. Can we bring them in the living room? What if we just sing and make some sounds?
you like that one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> when I told my grandkids that I could dig up a piano and drums, they didn't really understand that I was talking about a keyboard at the time because I hadn't even mentioned it. We'll be hearing more bits and bites from my pre-Christmas session with the grandkids over our next two holiday season shows. And I'll tell you something, some of that's really one of a kind, let me tell you. Also over the following two shows, I will be sharing some original tunes, some stories, and some observations, all about music. And of how I personally ended up learning how to play a piano keyboard, because it certainly wasn't on my original game plan of life. So it's a good time of year to tell this story because the place to start is back on Christmas Day 2014 when members of my family broke a long-standing family tradition and commitment not to buy Christmas presents for each other outside a token Christmas card or some, you know, nominal thing. In our family, the tradition has been that the kids get all the presents, not the adults. So when this giant Christmas-wrapped package was dragged onto the middle of the floor with about 20 people in the room looking on, my assumption was that it was some kind of giant dollhouse or something that the kids could play with. But out of the blue, one of my sisters tells the kids that it's not their package to unwrap, but mine. <laughs> so, so there I am, the only, the only adult in the room, getting a gift from all the rest, and I start looking around as if I'm just coming to the discovery that I've been a victim of a conspiracy of some sort. And you know what? I was right. Lo and behold, when I opened the package, what I discovered was a Casio WK225 keyboard, to be exact. And along with it was a keyboard stand and a matching seat. Now, I already had another keyboard, a Casio Tone CT460, which, while fun to play from time to time, sat unused because it really was quite limited in what I could do with it. Especially since it never sounded anything like a real piano, but it was, you know, fun to play. So when I got this new keyboard for Christmas, I assumed it was, you know, like the old one. And just set it aside for a while with plans to get around to playing with it later when time allowed. Now among the things keeping me busy at that time, as always, was a production of this show, Just Right which then was being still broadcast live out of CHRW FM radio in London. And as always, there was a great student turnover at the Western University radio station, and one of our new on-air operators was a young lady named Istiana Bastari, who was someone quite remarkable in her own right. When I went online to see if she was doing any media, I was just blown away by the amazing songs and lyrics I saw her perform online, via some incredibly well-produced YouTube videos, which you can still find today. And I remember complimenting those performances one day while we were in the studio, and I asked her who her absolutely incredible backup band was, because the arrangements were just amazing. Well, her answer was my surprise of the year. Her backup band was a Casio keyboard, just like the one I was given for Christmas. Well, that same afternoon, I got out my new keyboard, and I saw it with different eyes. I discovered that the difference between my old keyboard and new keyboard was like the difference between a rotary telephone and an iPhone. I kid you not, the manual's so thick, I hadn't even read the damn thing yet. Now, on my old keyboard, when you pressed a note, it came out you know, pretty much the same whether you pressed it hard or soft. It just had one tone volume determined only by how loud you had the master volume set. So you could set the master volume and change that, but you couldn't really play it, you know, with any sort of feeling. 
This new keyboard could be cranked up to max, and you could still hit a note so softly you might not even hear it, or so loudly it might be jarring. For example, So that's just a general idea of what I'm talking about. And yes, I've had formal music training, which is the real horror story part of our tale today, but I'll get to that momentarily. What mattered to me most when I discovered all the cool things that my new keyboard could do was the idea that all of the songs I had been playing just on pianos in the past could now be accompanied with everything from orchestras and choirs and that was an exciting possibility for me. I always wondered what my piano solos might sound like with a bit of the right backup. And thanks to my late friend, Jack Plant, who for some reason was always a personal fan of my amateur keyboard music, always insisted that no matter what, whenever I sit at a keyboard, even just a horse around, always make sure that I'm recording it. And it's a habit I'm glad I started, because otherwise we'd have nothing to listen to today. And a lot of original tunes that popped out of my head during some of these sessions might never have been discovered. And it's a funny thing, you know. I was such an undisciplined occasional player, and I'm still an occasional player, that the very idea of a song having to have a beginning and an ending was a whole new concept to me. Because when I'd sit down at a piano, I'd just sit down, horse around, start a song, stop in the middle of a chord, and go on to something else. That wasn't very professional. But fortunately, for my first keyboard test drive, I actually did play a simple original piece that, I, that did have a beginning and an ending. But it didn't have a title. So suddenly I realized, oh no, if I want to distinguish one of my recorded tunes from another, <laughs> I'd actually have to give them song titles. So anyway, I ended up calling this one Sunrise to Sunset.
Now, it's probably one of the very few original tunes I've composed that my next guest might have recognized back in my Strictly Piano days. Her friends know her as Frances, my daughter Danielle, and my grandkids call her Oma, and me and my sisters just call her Mom. And she joins us now to share the horror of private music school lessons. So you've often told me how my music teacher (laughs) didn't want to be teaching me. What's the whole story behind that? The story is that I wanted you to have grade two from, uh, from theory and grade eight from practical piano playing. And then I lay off punishing you, taking you to music <laughs> lessons, because that was the worst nightmare of your life. So I took you to the music teacher, <laughs> Roland Spiegler. Yeah. So anyhow, he took you, and then after a couple of music lessons, he says to me, shall I say it in English or in German like he said it? Both, or whatever. Okay, I say it in German. He says to me, Frau Mitz, Bringen Sie den Robert nicht mehr. Der sitzt nur da wie ein Klotz. Meaning, don't bring your son anymore. He just sits here like a log. <laughs> and he says he's going to ruin my reputation because I always have honor students and everything. I said to him, now listen, I pay you for everything and I won't mention it to anybody if Bob, that's you, Robert, is messing up your good reputation as far as students are concerned, you know. So he just suffered with you for longer and then the exams came which happened to be at um, seminary you know and and then oh poor mr spiegler he was so nervous wow and then the day went by and telephone call comes to my house and then he says to me guess what mrs metz he he finished with honors (laughs) i said what well, everything he got honors. I said, can I tell people now that you taught him? <laughs> oh, definitely, he said. And that's the story. And then I laid off. After you had your, your uh, examination and you passed with flying colors, I have to say, you eight grades of piano playing and two grades of theory. So I laid off and your life was restored. That's all. Anyhow, I told this story to a lot of people and they all get a kick out of it. (laughs) Yeah, see, because I I think that everybody should have some kind of a music education. It doesn't have to be piano, it could be guitar, it could be of whatever you call it, you know, those um, flutes, whatever, you know, and just it belongs to, to life. It, I don't know, we couldn't afford it, so I had my kids all go through it. You know, I think you were the only one who suffered so terribly okay. <laughs> and finished with honors. <laughs> I've been working on the railroad all the live long day I've been working on the railroad Just to pass the time away What is that? This? Uh, a hyperspray? No, what you were doing 
preparing your medication. No, with your voice. You mean singing? Singing. Do it again. Yes, do it again. Someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. Someone's in the kitchen, I know. Someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. Strumming on the old banjo and singing fee fi fiddly i o fee fi fiddly i o o o o fee fi fiddly i o. Strumming on the old banjo. It is a unique mathematical variation. Difficult to quantify. How do you suppose the algorithms are generated? Maybe it's a fractal. Or waveform calculus? Do you mean to say a culture as superior as yours has never heard music of any kind? There are other kinds of music? Of course. The little ditty I just sang is an early American folk song. But countless cultures have produced thousands of types of music. Instrumental, choral, orchestral. What is the purpose of this music? Is it an encryption code of some kind? There is a mathematical component to music, but primarily it's a form of artistic expression. Artistic expression? Using sounds and images to convey ideas and emotions. Why would anyone do that? Well, to communicate their feelings. Can't they do that through speech? Yes, but music is much more expressive and entertaining. You mean to say that this music is recreational? It does have other applications. As a matter of fact, I've recently been doing some research into its therapeutic properties. But yes, primarily we use it for enjoyment. We? You mean to say others aboard your ship are capable of producing this phenomenon? Well, maybe not with my level of expertise, but there are quite a few members of this crew who possess musical skills. Maybe we judge this culture too quickly. Do that again! Well, that's the keyboard experience when you have two kids sitting on your lap playing along with you. But the weird part about that song, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star scenario you just heard, 
is that I was not playing it. That particular arrangement was among the completely recorded songs that are in my keyboard's quote-unquote song bank, and I was just playing along with it. Now, to me as a piano player, I always thought that this was a bit of a cheat. Where do you draw the line as to what is original and what might be called musical appropriation? That was a very concern I raised last year when Scott Williams Oakes joined us to share his real live experience as a musician who was used to playing with a mix of live performers and various keyboard and computer technologies. Here's that portion of the discussion. I noticed in today's music world there are incredible instruments out there, particularly keyboards and such, that mm -hmm. can really mimic other instruments, right, and, yeah. and put out some great sounds. Is that an acceptable thing for someone to get up in front of an audience with, say, just a keyboard and then do a guitar solo or something like that? Because it seems to me, for live music, people part of the um, attraction would be to actually watch the person's talent, even if it's not just about listening to the music. I think it goes back to what I was saying about confidence. It's like if you don't let it bother you and you just show the crowd that you're playing this instrument very well, you're having a lot of fun, you don't really care, you care what they think, but you, you appear like you don't care what they think, you know, you're there to play for them, uh, not so much they're there to pass judgment on you, I think that they'll be entertained by it. And, and there are a lot of different technologies that are out there now, like sequencing, like the, the orchestral metal band that I was in, we had a, a sequencing track that we would play through like an mp3 player or a computer like programmed so it was kind of like a pre-recorded pre yeah, yeah and okay. we would play over top of that and no one seemed to even care or notice or, or call us out on it because it was it, like an extra instrument and the it sounded great the crowd had a really good time as long as you just pay no attention to it and it, the, the audience won't then that again was scott williams oaks from our just right broadcast of december 21st last year you know, I remember when I got, when I first got the keyboard and was horsing around with it, when some friends were over, and I pushed the jazz guitar and the bass guitar functions on the keyboard. Then I shouted to my friend, I says, hey Gord, check out the guitar on my keyboard. To which Gord promptly replied, that's a piano, not a guitar. <laughs> and when I stopped to listen carefully, he was right. My problem was that I was playing a guitar, quote-unquote, on a keyboard, no different from how I might play the keyboard as a piano. This was a lesson I still had to learn. So I had to practice when to pluck and pick at the ivory keys on my keyboard, just as I might with a real set of strings on a real guitar, which, by the way, I do have and did used to play. And, of course, the same principle holds true for voices, violins, and a whole host of other instruments that have to be played very much like the instruments they were intended to sound like. The keyboard has a very sophisticated touch sensitivity that makes all of this possible. So finally, in late August 2016, after practicing at trying to make my keyboard sound more guitar-like, <laughs> I sat down more nervous than I would ever be on a live radio broadcast or TV show. I, I still don't understand that. And I discovered that if I played it just right, I could even pull or stretch a string or two. <laughs> I call this one Subtle Sweet, spelled S-U-I-T-E, not meant to be confused with another song I call Subtle Sweet, 
spelt S-W-E-E-T, just to keep things simple, you see. <laughs> because as I kept practicing different movements of this song over the year, it developed so many subtleties, it turned sweet.
can get uninterrupted and free downloads of most of the tunes you've heard today and on next week's show online from JustRightMedia.org. Just check out the blog posts for this week's and next week's show where you will find a bonus link to these and many other tunes I've placed in an archive there. A lot of the tunes you'll find in our archive are still what you might call in the beta stage of development and subject to changes and updates without notice. And of course, they're all instrumentals of various sorts, even though I've composed lyrics to some of them, a singer I am not. More when we return. Exquisite. What are you doing here? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to disturb you. The, the door was open. No, no, please. Don't stop playing on my account. Why does a man with your such obvious talent hide himself away down here? I want to show you something. What is it? Wait and see. <laughs> it's Mozart! Concerto number 21! This... Isn't it amazing? Yeah, absolutely! Whatever is this machine? It's called a gramophone. Such clarity! being in an orchestra pit. <laughs> Isn't he fantastic? No, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm just afraid of, of a broken your machine, that's all. <laughs> it's okay. Challenger can fix it. You are listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Since this is effectively our end-of-the-year show, I just wanted to take a few moments to update you on some current developments regarding the show. Of course, of serious concern to us during this time of unjustified social media deplatforming of other online voices of the right is the eventuality of this happening to our own show. We are preparing for that eventuality by taking steps to ensure that any sudden and unannounced deplatforming actions taken against us can be adapted to as quickly as possible. It's unfortunate this needs to be done at all, but that's just one more reason why your financial support is needed. Given the developments, you know, over the past couple of weeks, beginning immediately, Just Right Media is no longer soliciting support through Patreon, which will certainly be a topic of discussion sometime early in the new year. For the time being, visit www.justrightmedia.org or you can go directly to paypal.me slash justrightmedia to offer your financial support. The good news is that online alternatives to the services currently being largely monopolized by the left are beginning to arise. And also... Other good news, starting in January, Just Right Media will begin occupying a 90-minute time slot on WBCQ shortwave radio broadcasting out of Monticello, Maine. 
Just Right itself will remain its current length, but the rest of our 90-minute time slot will be filled with episodes of The Danielle Metz Show, as well as with new episodes of VSI, Voice of the Sovereign Individual, which is hosted by our shortwave sponsor, Paul Lambert. I'm not sure yet what Paul has planned for his new episodes, but if you want to sample some past episodes of VSI, they are available on our website. And of course, all of these shows in future will be available and archived online. Also, those of you who regularly visit our website at www.justrightmedia.org may already have noticed some changes in new services available, including language translations of our various blog posts, And also, we've added closed captioning in multiple languages on our YouTube videos. Most of them, not all, there are a few exceptions, some are too long. Another venture we would like to embark upon is to start placing selected segments and episodes of Just Right, our audio broadcasts, onto our YouTube platform, where the audience of our exclusively YouTube productions is on a sharp increase. Exactly how this will take shape and when remains a variable one partially dependent upon our audience, and of course, on our financial supporters. As I remind our listeners every week, it is thanks to our financial supporters that it's possible for us to continue on our journey in the right direction and to share our programming with you.
call that one slow and easy does it. Now this next piece is something a little bit different. You'll recall at the beginning of the show I referred to the old keyboard I had. One much more unsophisticated than my current one, but that's the one you're going to hear in this next piece recorded way back in 2011. During that year, the Freedom Party of Ontario was involved in a provincial election, and being involved with the party myself, we were working on various potential musical themes that we could use in broadcasting Freedom Party ads commercially. To that end, my good friend and Freedom Party leader, Paul McKeever, recorded on his own real guitar a copyright-free version of an old traditional slave song, Follow the Drinking Gourd. And using the master recording Paul sent me, I put together the following little ditty by mixing Paul's real guitar track with my own crappy piano track from my old keyboard. And here's what I got. Paul's going to kill me for this.
At last, you've come to see me. Do I know you? Oh, I've been waiting for your visit ever since I first laid eyes on you. Do you like my music? Yes, I like it very much. I wrote it just for you. For me. My dream come true. incredible. You wrote that just for me. Yes, I did. I've never seen a real piano before. Can I touch it? Certainly. Sit down. Don't be afraid. Like the keys on a piano or electronic keyboard, some things are black and white, and one of them is the law of identity. You know, my keyboard is not a piano, despite the association of its black and white keys with a piano. It took me a while to get over that myself, psychologically. You know, all of the sounds and instruments that it generates are created electronically and not by an actual hammer striking a set of strings, even when set to sound like a piano. But no matter the instrument, one rule holds true, just as in philosophy. A is A. And if not, then something's out of key. Harmony will not be possible. So, with that thought in mind, I thought I would demonstrate what A sounds like. And it sounds like this. A is A.
Now, if you recognize our upcoming closing tune today, it's probably because you listened to the Danielle Metz Show, whose theme song has been borrowed from another version of the same song, which I call Contemplation. today's show and for our 2018 broadcasts of Just Right. Thank you one and all for joining us. Next week we'll be continuing our musical muse as the compositions get a little more complex and challenging along with the life lessons that accompany the music. So join us again next year, only one week from today, when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be all right. Around the mountain, come send around the mountain.